Hi, everyone. Welcome back to Uptime Community. We are so glad that you could join us live today. And uh, we uh, are glad that you could join us. Today's date is April 26th in the year of our Lord, 2022. I'm Greg Messina. And if you are new here, we are a community of believers that are actively studying the Holy Bible and looking forward to that glorious appearing of our Lord and Savior, Jesus the Christ. We do want to make this an interactive forum, so we do welcome your questions and your comments. And of course, I'd like to open up with our usual uptime panel, and we do bring back Brother Joe, Brother Robert, Brother Bob, and Brother Kevin. Welcome back, everyone. How are you doing? Good. <laughs> In unison. Um, <laughs> Yeah, I'm glad you're all back, and uh, I'm glad to be back. Uh, thank you uh, once again for the whole for the audience, and uh, we thank you all for joining us again today. Um, I, we're going to have another great episode, a great uh, webcast tonight. So much to talk about, so much in the news, and uh, you know, uh, what can I say? We're going to do a little bit of uh, something, another uh, something different again this week. Uh, I figured we would get into personal testimonies a little bit this week. And uh, yeah, I think I think it would be nice to get to know a little bit more about the panel, where we come from, and um, how we got to know the Lord. We're going to do this briefly. I know Brother Kevin has shared uh, once once in the past. Uh, Brother Robert uh, on uh, Vanessa's uh, show, um, True Life uh, Testimonies. Uh, but I think it's good also just to let people know a little bit more about us and where we come from. So. Um, but anyway, uh, let's let's start with the week. How how was the week, um, Brother Joe? So my week was good. Um, time seems to be going faster, but um, things were good. Um, <clears throat> I would say that um, this week, what really caught my attention was this uh, alignment. I've been heading to work early in the morning, and I've been catching this these stars lined up with the moon. Now, I heard a little bit about it. I'm sure Bob knows more about it than me, but um, I mean, it was unbelievable how lined up they were. And from my understanding, I, I think this is only like once in a thousand years or even longer. So that really has been hitting home when I see those lights and the moon is, I mean, the brightness of the moon is unbelievable. I mean, the, the light that shines from the moon, it's just, it catches every, every day, every time I see it, it never gets old. And a lot of things get old pretty fast uh, in this realm, but those stars in the moon, every time I see them, it's just it's so obvious that, um, you know, that we're created and, and God's in control of everything. And I think to myself, how many people are walking into work today and they're not even going to see this? Um, I did have a few confrontations, nothing, <clears throat> nothing aggressive, because uh, I've learned to uh, yes people to death um, and try to be a peacemaker. And that's taken me a long time because growing up, you know, in New York with uh, other guys my age, especially on the street, which we'll talk a little bit about tonight, you know, we always had something to say to you. And um, <laughs> and uh, especially I if you said something, imagine. if you said something to us, it would fly off the tongue like, it was, <laughs> you know, it was written 10 years in advance. We were so good at it. And um, this banter would go on for, you know, all day, every day to the night. Um so, but this week, you know, the people, I wouldn't call them an attack, but it is a form of an attack. Um, two people at uh, work were going out of their way to feel important. And um, I noticed that with certain people, 
and um, you know they try to act like they're helping you, but when they talk to you, they're disrespectful. And then later on, they always try to circumvent their disrespect. And like, you know, I was just, I was just trying to help you out and blah, blah. And I, I'm like, and what do I do now? I'm like, thank you so much. Wow. I, I really appreciate it. Thank you. And I smile and I move on. And um, so I'm seeing a little bit of that stuff going on, but I also, these people are on edge that I, I notice do this, that they're stirred up. Um, there's something going on in their life and that's taken me a long time to understand. Um, and that's that's something I'm grateful for with God because, um, you know, um, <clears throat> practicing wrath for many years and um, retaliation, it's uh, it becomes second nature after a while. So growing out of that, you know, and I've, I've had to really learn to do that with uh, very close family members um, because I don't want to uh, it doesn't go anywhere, you know. So, like, I've learned over time with some people that getting into it or telling them how you feel is a waste of your time because um, they're not open to admitting they're wrong. And that's the change that I've had. I can say when I'm wrong. I can say when I've made a mistake. And um, that's a blessing. Um, That's part of repentance. But some of the people in this world, I mean, they will, they have hard hearts. And uh, these people I pray for, and I'm not, I'm not better than them in any way, but I do have, um, the ability to see what it's, where, what it's about. And with the two, and the two people that said something to me this week, like, I, I almost like, you know, you almost want to be like, what's really bothering you? You know, but if you say that to them, it's like, they'll just look at you like a deer in headlights, you know, that's, so I, I'm noticing people are getting back to their normal, uh, you know, anger and disrespect you know prior it was a little different nobody really talked to you during the pandemic and all that and uh i'm seeing it i'm seeing it more often now so i know people are stressed about a lot of, a lot of things um and i get stressed out but um i just keep looking up at those that moon and those stars and i just laugh because i'm like you know what this is mickey mouse stuff and um the fact that i can see it and i'm awake to it you know and i can tell my uh flesh to calm down i mean that practice this week was good for me. So that's, that's Very what good. I mean. Very good. Robert? A little, uh, a little bit of a lesson in humility there, Brother Joe. Um, you know, I think we all need it. Um, my week, you know, it's, it's been okay. Um, you know, I, I'm still dealing with some things, you know, physically, um, but I'm kind of <clears throat> trying to um, press toward the mark of the high calling. Um, I don't always, I don't always make it, but I'm trying to get bolder. You know, praying, praying for people at work, and and uh, praying for the people that I work with, and the residents there and uh, as far as um, trying to keep my tongue, some of the stuff I hear, especially when it comes to this, uh, as uh, as Bob used to call the jibba-jabba, I just, that stuff, I have to get up and walk away because it's, you know, so much baloney. But um, at the same time, we, you know, we're not here to, um, I think we're really here to to give people a, 
direction, you know, to turn them from idols to the one true and living God. So if we can stay calm and uh, be at peace, many times Jesus said that, you know, let the, you know, let this, you know, fear not, be at peace, let this peace be in you. And, and uh, it's one of the, it's one of the things that, that, um, you know, peace is the absolute end of strife is what it means. So if that's the truth, then if we can be at peace, people are going to be looking at us wondering how come we're, how come we're calm and everybody, like Joe was saying, everybody else is getting rattled around us. You know, the, it, it, it kind of the analogy of the, uh, <clears throat> of the quarterback and my, one of my favorite quarterbacks of all time was Joe Montana, the 49ers course, but when they were in that first Super Bowl against Cincinnati and they had two minutes left to win the game and he comes into the huddle and he, and he tells the guys, Hey, is that John Candy up in the crowd? I mean, he didn't, (laughs) it didn't bother him that he had to, he had to go 90 yards, you know, just keep keeping your cool in situations like that. And, and um, I think that as time goes on, it's going to get a little, it may get a little more uh, hard to do, but uh, that's why that's why prayer helps, you know. Isn't that right, Kevin? Yeah. Well, I'm looking at the chat. A lot of uh, <laughs> a lot of people don't know their Bible in the chat, unfortunately. Um, <clears throat> I hate to say that, but. There's just all there's there's all this you know um, conjecture and conspiracy theories and all this stuff. Now it's about the second Passover and this and that. It's like like if you read the Bible, it's very clear. I mean, there there's the Passover, and then what happened is some people were not able to celebrate it. They 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 had a they had to uh, you know either take care of a dead body or they were out of town. Uh, didn't what weren't there and they and so they said what shall we do and god said well if you if you miss the first one then you can do it this the next month on the full moon that's all that's all that it is i mean you just read the bible that's that, that that's that's what it is it's not the real passover i mean for whoever who didn't celebrate it it becomes the real passover for them sure but it's not uh but but it's not it's nothing more than that and I think people like to like to make up stories and stuff like that. So, uh, but other than that, which I just saw in the chat, um, but that kind of you know was this whole about this whole week is that you got a lot of people out there that are are spreading you know falsehoods about things. Um, a lot of people are you know have said that we were we were supposed to have the rapture here um, and that it didn't happen, and so. You know, it's not going to happen. Um, <laughs> you know, that, that, that kind of faith is uh, extremely weak. Let's put it that way. Uh, and, and you you got you to gotta have, I mean, the key of this whole thing is having faith, isn't it? It's having faith in our Savior. It's having faith in the Father that, that, that they have our best interest at hand. We put our trust in them and we don't lean on our own understanding. Amen. In our in, in all of our ways, we acknowledge him, and that he makes our path straight. When we start going off into these little you know tributaries and stuff like that, 
and start following people and their and their doctrine and what they come up with for the week. Uh, well, of course, you're going to be um, you're going to be all over the place. You're going to be rudderless. So I, I would just caution people um, and, and make sure that you are reading your Bible and make sure that you are reading the word so that you can have a word um, to say uh, to to back up what the Bible says when people start going off the deep end. Um, I mean, th- th- there are people right now that are condemning people to hell. Uh, and not, not not because they don't believe in Jesus Christ, but because of whatever the, the, they they feel, what, whatever they don't like, they say, okay, well, you're doing that, so you're going to go to hell. Wow, I mean, uh, we you know we're supposed to be building each other up during this period of time, not tearing. We got enough people that are tearing us down, do we not? <laughs> so how about we stop tearing down each other and actually build each other up in the Word? And, and that's, you know, I think that's really what I like to see happen here um, a lot more in the body of Christ is that uh, those who are who are in here, they're just they're like they're Bob kind of talked about them uh, on a couple of videos. They're tears is what they are, really. They're tears and they, they creep in. Right. And then they start sowing discord. And you know, the Bible is very clear about what to do with those people. Do not partake with them. You know, cast them aside. And I think that, um, that the, we, the more that we're going to be doing that here, um, the better off the, the body and the stronger the body is going to be. Amen. Well said. Thank you. Amen, man. Good point. That's a great point. There's not much more for me to say. You guys covered it all. <laughs> Good night, everybody. But, I doubt that. <laughs> but uh, you know what, though, that's a, that that's where we're heading towards right now. We're heading towards that uh, that that finish line. I always make that, that that analogy. When you start a race, normally races run at the beginning, it runs the track, comes back, and finishes at the same point. True. We got people getting ready to run the race for the tribulation. The tribulation saints. They're at the starting line, and we're coming down the track. And they're getting ready to go as we're trying to make our way through them to get to that that starting line, which is our finish line. Okay, so that's where we're at right now. And of course, we're arguing about doctrines and are we saved by grace through faith? Are we saved by our own works, faith in Jesus Christ plus works? That's where we're at. That's what's going on right now. And let's just be honest: there are some people in here that believe that, and there's some discord. But there are some probably some people in here that just simply just trolls. You know, and uh, you know, a great example of that. Uh, I put that video out last week where, um, uh, what was it last week? But seven, uh, seven reasons why the tribulation yeah. begin in 2022. Okay, highly recommended and, video, by the way. <laughs> amen. Yeah, and you know what? I, I, it was, I had two more points, I didn't want to make it a part of the video. The Lord led me to make that additional video on our Feed My Sheep Today YouTube channel. All right. And he told me, put it over there. We can drive more people over there so we, they can see what we're doing over there. You know what's messed up is who gives a thumbs down to a bunch of people receiving Bibles being preached to? Okay. <laughs> there are people over there giving thumbs down to these videos. I'm like, that's when you know there are trolls. Okay, they're, they're, they, they, they act like they're Christians, but they're not. Okay. They're mm-hmm. here. And nothing we can do about it. I'm sure we can try to block them here. 
But, you know, they give us a lot of great stuff to talk about because they come in with all the wrong doctrine. And people, hey, that's a good point. And then we can correct them while we're doing our job here. Amen. That's so probably the best question of the night, though, Bob, right? It's like, What's that? That's probably the best question of the night. How, how do people thumbs down the, the word of God getting spread? Yeah. Are those the same people that are going to blaspheme God during the tribulation? I mean, uh, you got you got to wonder what what's going on in their mind to 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 not not like the word of God being spread. Exactly, and it's not is that basically just people receiving human humanitarian relief aid and Bibles, and they're celebrating, thumbs down. So that just goes to show you, you know, they're here. We're going to deal with them. You know, I like to call these people. I like to label them the Lake of Fire people. Okay, the Lake of Fire residents. And we got a lot of weird, strange people right now in this world that did not come out of the woodwork 30 years ago, but they're coming out of the woodwork now. You got this guy that's half man, half woman, try to tell a story time to a bunch of kindergartners right now, stuff like that. Okay, so the Lake of Fire people are out now, and they don't care. and They don't want to hear what we have to say. I wish they did. Because it's going to get real when they take their last breath. Or it's going to get real when Jesus breaks open that sky and returns. And they will drop to their knees. The Bible says that every tribe on the earth will mourn. They're going to drop to their knees and realize, why is it I'm falling down to my knees? I can't control this. you know. And then when they realize, hey, I'm going to throw you into this pit that I just opened up here to go straight to hell. Okay. Mm. So... You got that going on, but I just want to mention something about, uh, we were talking about Trump, okay? We're talking about Trump because Elon Musk bought Twitter, okay? And it's funny because, I, you know, I like to do day trading, okay? I kind of make a living with that stuff during the day, you know? And that that came up <clears throat> about uh, Twitter stock. I'm like, that stock ain't going to go nowhere, man, because <laughs> Elon takes it over. All you're going to have is just a White House, Trump stuff all over again. They're going to start attacking him, saying, well, he's going to do this. He's going to do that. He's going to ban people that believe in the left ideology. Dude, he's going to do all this mean stuff to you people. You shouldn't trust Elon Musk. He's going to ruin Twitter. You know, all the same stuff they've been doing to us for the last three years. <laughs> right. You know, they're going to be, now they're saying that Elon's going to do that to them. And, oh, it's horrible. And now, you know, even the White House now are drawing up their um, their um, elector, um, his um, – his, um, <clears throat> What's this called? His uh, order is a direct order to uh, uh, executive order. Executive order. Thank you. His executive orders now to to uh, basically manage Twitter now. Right. You know, so you know, the private health companies. They said that about two years ago. Well, the privately held, we can't do nothing about it. Da, da, da. And now it says Twitter's privately held. Or also, hold, hold on a second. You know, the the, the section yeah. thirty. Now they're making a big deal about it now. Right. You know, hypocrites. 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 And the fact that Trump might come back on the platform, I think he will, but he's playing it cool. Like, oh, I'm not, I don't want to get too excited. Right. He will come back on the Twitter. Yes, he's building his own platform, but Twitter's established. Okay. So what's going on with that? What's well, you know, on? Bob, I did see a, a lot of people, a lot of the talking heads, right? Mm-hmm. On the left, from the left side, they're saying, what if this guy comes in here? And he decides to ban somebody who's running for office or something like that. I'm like, Mm -hmm. and then what if this guy comes in here and he starts saying, oh, you can't say that or you can't say this. I'm like, 
we already have that. <laughs> I mean, we, we already have just so just so happens it's not the people that 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 you disagree with that are that are able to talk. It's the people that you disagree with. You have your way right now, and and those, those people get get banned, and so they're happy. But then they then they have these fears of what if it happens to us? That, that this would be a, a, a tragedy of uh, you know of democracy and blah blah blah. I mean. But these people are so transparent, Bob. You can see right through them. I mean, they are—they—they they love to de- to demonstrate and put on the display their hypocrisy. They love it. They love. Can we it. just cancel cancel culture. Yeah. <laughs> let's just yeah. let's just do that. <laughs> Come on. How dare yeah. you? I think I think that we kind of do that here every week, don't we? Yes. <laughs> you know, Jerry. Uh, Jerry. Jerry. Uh, Ego says, "Question, Bob: Is Elon Musk?" Promoting the chip implanted in the brain, Neuralink. Yeah, he's going to do that. Oh, yeah. It has to make you think now. It's like, oh, yeah, they're doing this whole dog and pony show with Elon taking over this thing. But remember I told you how the upcoming elections is basically it's going to be a bloodbath. The Republicans are going to take over. Mm. But isn't that what Satan wants? He's done with the Dem- Democrats. He doesn't need them anymore. A lot of them are retiring <clears throat> now because they don't care. No more. They, they know they're done. Satan's done with them. Satan is already got those people that he needs that Democrats can reach, but he has a problem reaching the people that the Republicans, I mean, true Republicans can reach, you know, the right, those who are Christians and stuff like that. Satan has a hard time reaching those people. So I think Satan's going to switch gears and really hand the Republicans a huge victory and bring in like this false renaissance through Elon Musk and Trump and bring in all this stuff. And I believe it's the ultimate deception. And even the book of Thessalonians says that the, the gods was going to send a great deception. Okay. Nobody's deceived by the left right now. Everybody's, you know, ticked off at the left. Nobody's deceived by any of those people right now. But Trump coming in, and I, I believe he could be the uh, one of the ten kings, ten mm-hmm. rulers, but be it as it may. Trump coming in and a on a and an entire Republican red wave, a complete reset, renaissance reset of this country. Don't you think that'd be a perfect opportunity for the great deception to, to usher in the market to be? Everybody's guard goes down. Hey, Trump is like, yeah, hey, this is okay. Go get that you know, thing in the arm. You know, he's claiming that he's a father of that thing. I mean, hello. You ever see him when he's and he's talking at his uh, big uh, rallies? All of a sudden, he starts talking about the shot to the arm. People are like, boo. He, he plays it off. And he's like, hey, 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 hey. Like, you don't have to take it. I'm never going to mandate that you take it, but it's good. It's good. And everyone's like, boo. <laughs> Politics. Doesn't help. It doesn't help him. He even admitted that people didn't like it. I saw the speech yeah, yeah, the other I day. Yeah, I saw that too. <laughs> But yeah. I think Bob's right because this guy deceived the right, right? Because he's the one that started the two-week curve. He put in uh, St. Fauci. He put in all he, – he's the one that's so – it makes perfect sense that he would be the one to say, oh, you know the Star Force group I, I started? Well, they found something. And he. there's no better guy to, to trick the – because the, the right is the one that can't – the right is, like Bob said, the right is the only one left to be tricked because the left will believe anything. I mean, they believe they're animals. <clears throat> so, Did you just uh, rename Space Force Star Force? 
What did I say? Star Force, Space Force. My mistake. I love that though. <laughs> Star Force. Joe, Joe's like, I got a new branch. Forget Space Force. Called Star Wars, baby. Take I mean, two. You, you thought you thought Star Troopers was cool. Star Force is even cooler. Star Force is the is the bomb. It's it's better. So yeah, you're be- probably right. I mean, we do talk a lot about about that. Um, and Bob, you're you're probably you're probably right about it. I mean, let's let's be honest. I mean, there's not there's a lot of deception that's going on from all angles. And I mean, if your hero uh, is going to be a transhuman guy, a transhumanist guy, who's, who's, who's actually the one behind creating uh, a chip to go in your brain to interface into machine mm-hmm. and live on Mars. Well, I mean, if that's your hope, uh, you know, let, let me tell you something. That's that's not what the Bible points to as our final destination. It doesn't say we're going to mind meld and uh, and become one with machine and live on uh, on Mars. Uh, I'm looking uh, I'm looking to live on in New Jerusalem, which is actually on Amen. sitting on the Earth, baby. Hallelujah. And uh, and and also uh, getting a, a, a immortal body, being changed in a blink of an eye, so that. When we see him, we'll be like him. Him, who wouldn't? Jesus, who wouldn't? Who, who, who wouldn't? wouldn't? Yeah, right. And exactly. Who would? That's a better outcome for me instead of uh, getting a chip that goes in your brain and hoping that you don't die from it, like all the monkeys did that got it. You know, I mean, we we already saw the first wave is dead. The first wave of the uh, the predecessor to the mark of the beast has done to people. Do you think it's going to get any better? You know, what's the next wave going to be? The carb- I know the carbon mandates, they're going to have some type of tracker for that. Yeah. And then it's going to upgrade to something else. And eventually, three and a half years in, you're going to have some statue speaking from the third temple saying, hey, <laughs> you should take a mark so you can partake in our economy here. Wow. You know? <laughs> so, just so, so social credit scores are going are, are gonna to be like uh, the thing of the past when that happens, right? It's going to be like, yeah. no, no, no. You don't, you don't need a credit score. All you need is the mark. You get, you get the mark, uh, and you worship the beast, and all of a sudden now you can go ahead and buy yourself. So if social credit scores do come, they're going to come and go pretty quick, Bob, because uh, the Antichrist is not going to be looking at anybody's score to determine whether or not they're okay. Yeah, you either worship me or you don't. Yeah. Plain and simple. It's a binary. You know? Mm-hmm. That just makes you think. I know China's on the rise. Uh, you know the Shemitah means rise and fall of nations. And here we are, the, the West is falling and the East is rising now, right? America is falling. It hit a massive accelerator, came September, and it started accelerating down quickly. But you know who has been accelerating up quickly is China. Okay, so they're rising up now. But you know, it's, it's a rise and fall of nations. And they're going to rise, and I, and I believe they're going to run their, they're going to run their, um, whatever God has planned for them. But I know that the Bible talks about the beast system is unlike all the others. Right. Okay. We've had these big countries take over. We've had Rome with a bunch of human beings running the earth. We've already had that already. Okay. So China is a bunch of human beings running the earth. They're just like the others. Okay. A human ran organization, but the Bible says it's unlike all the others. So I believe this has to be a complete Nephilim fallen angel government that will rule this world. And maybe perhaps at that point, China will just have to submit to them. You know, maybe be their right, maybe just become the army for them. I don't know. 
Well, it you does know, sound kind of like iron mixed with clay, right? I mean, yeah. those those two do not they do not mix together well. Um, and so you get like you were talking about in your video, Bob. You're like, if you're a nephilim, you're not redeemable. You're not redeemable. And so um, you know, iron mixed with clay is not is not gonna it's not gonna be solidified into something that lasts forever. So. Uh, you, you make a good point, and I think that there's there's a lot of people that are pointing to that right now. Ellie Marzulli has been doing a lot of um, exposés lately on Nephilim. Um, he he always has, though. But, I mean, even now, he's ramping it up, though. And he's got, like, stories of people that are, are saying, look, I've encountered them. This is what happened when I saw one. This is what happened when I met one. So are they coming out of the shadows even more so now, Bob? I mean – I mean, we've talked about this blurry line, right? That this blurriness that's coming uh, upon yeah. us very quickly here. That's this transitionary period, right? How do these guys work in? I mean, you're going to have all the stuff that humans are doing, but how do all these spaceships, UFOs, and Nephilim aliens, how do they all work into the equation here? Right. They're exposing themselves a 6,000% increase right now. Well, 40 to 60 years ago, the government was saying they don't exist. Yeah. They were saying they don't exist. Well, they said, actually, they don't exist and they don't present a danger to us. <laughs> so I always thought that was clever. But I mean, but now different, isn't it? I mean, they're not saying they don't exist. They're actually admitting that they do exist and that they don't know what to do about them. I mean, yeah, that, that I is. Yeah, they, they don't even know what to, they don't even know what to do. They don't know what to think. They don't know what they are. They can't. They don't have an explanation, and they have no way to stop them. Mm-hmm. Well, you can just tell that they're that they're on the earth already. Just turn on the TV and watch the politicians. <laughs> I'm sorry. I mean, these yeah. people. Some of them are. They're so. They're so far gone. It's just. It's a farce. I mean, it's. It's just. And these are supposed to be the leaders of the right. country. And mm-hmm. I'm not naming names, but you can fill in the blank. But, you know, maybe as far as the Nephilim go, uh, which you guys have been talking about, maybe it's, you know, they would have to show an incredible amount of power, obviously, but enable to handle nations that are full of people. Mm-hmm. Um you know, we, we know that the adversary is the prince of the power of the air waves. We talked about in, in Corinth in uh, Ephesians that he's a prince of the power of the air, but it's air waves. I mean, everything that goes out, um, you know, there's two, there's two ways. There's two trains of thought. There's either a positive flow of energy or there's a negative flow of energy. The positive flow of energy should be from speaking the truth of the word of God. The negative flow of energy is from any, anybody who, uh, like Joe was saying earlier, you know, people that are trying to, you know, they're just out there and they're trying to get you fired up about something. Um, there's a lot of, um, negativity, obviously on the TV, you know, you'll turn on, and and what are the elite stories are about people that have died in, you know, in shootings, people being pushed in front of trains and different things like that. And that really does not do anything to edify you. That just puts your mind in a, in a state of, oh, man, you know, the same old stuff's going on. 
But how about when you hear about somebody whose life has been changed by the truth of the word, mm. you know, which at some point, I guess we're going to talk something about that tonight. Um, but we've all had that opportunity. We've all gone through things and we've all decided that we were going to change masters, you know. Amen. Because it, it didn't work. It didn't work. Um, being uh, me being in charge didn't work. <laughs> well, I can't, change, I can't figure out masters, why. When we change masters, that, well, when we change masters, you realize that you get peace. Yeah. And, and, and what do we see from those who aren't saved? We see that they live in crisis mode. They, they thrive on crisis. They want crisis after mm-hmm. crisis, and they'll actually manufacture them in order to be in one so that they can try to get out of it to drum up another one to get into. So they're constantly the opposite of peace because they're serving a master of chaos and confusion. Right. But we're serving a master of peace. And so we have that peace and that passes all understanding, right? And they don't like that, do they? Because like we said, I think last week, I might have said, misery loves company. Exactly. They want you to be down in that hole with them, don't you? Don't they? Mm-hmm. Yeah. They try to drag you down every single time you get close to them. It's like it's like they have this magnet, and they're drawing you in, and then you've got to resist it, and you resist it with the full armor of God. That's why it's you need to be just like, to have it on yeah. every day. Just like what Bob was saying about posting the uh, – Different, those last two parts of the um, video he did on the on his website for feed my feed my sheep, right? Yeah, feed and people are doing, people people are doing thumbs down on it. That's insane. Yeah. I mean, what what is going on? People are not, you know, and if if they hate God so much that they can't see the the prophet and they can't see the good and and what is happening there and people are not only being fed with with the word of god but they're being clothed and you know you just you your your conscience has to be seared with a hot iron in order for you to to think that something like what what bob's been doing these years is is wrong and and to put and just and not just to put a thumb down, but just ha- having an attitude like that, it'd be like saving somebody from drowning. And then and then the, the newspaper comes out and says, well, you know, the, there was something wrong with this guy. He didn't do it correctly. Mm-hmm. Wait a minute now. I mean, right. <laughs> save the guy from drowning. You know, it's just. Mm-hmm. And, and it's really, just when, when you said that, it was hard for me to to wrap my mind around that, Bob. It's just. But that just I happened, just, Robert. Somebody did save somebody from drowning. Yeah, I know. Somebody just saved somebody from drowning, and what'd they say? Well, he's not our employee. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Oh, that's what you talk about the, the gentleman down in Texas, that, that yeah. the, two, the two people. Yeah. I mean, this is a practical example that just happened, I believe, today. <laughs> today is when they said that. Well, you know, he's a Texas um, employee, and so, you know, he's not a federal employee. That's, that's their response to the to, to somebody who gave up their life to save two drug smugglers. I mean, 
this is the this is the type of thing that we're battling though we're not battling against flesh and blood because that's not a flesh and blood response that is an AF spirit of the antichrist response is it not it is yeah it's just like that time when a member of biden when all those soldiers are bringing them all home in their uh, coffins or bringing them all home he right. sat there just kept looking at his watch looking at his watch looking at his watch he did that on purpose he wanted to show everybody he just hates he hates everybody doesn't care, you know. He just wanted to just without having to say the words. I mean, come on. I mean, yeah. what was so important that you needed to get to <clears throat> Joe? They can't apologize when they're wrong either. When they when they when they accuse those those guys on the horseback of whipping people. Oh God. And they immediately did that. I mean, but they do that every time, right? I mean, think about Sandman. Think about um Think about Kyle, uh, Kyle R. I don't know if we can say his name, Kyle R. Think about J- Juicy Smollett. Think yeah. about all those people that they immediately condemn or praise. Bubba Wallace comes to mind, another one. I mean, but the list goes on and on, Bob. We could, I, I could list out 100 of those over the last 50 years. And people who are older than me can list another 100. So, I mean, but this, this list continues to get bigger and bigger. And do they ever apologize for getting it wrong? No. They go on to the next crisis and they make the wrong decision again. So let's be honest. When we see what's going on here, we see the spirit of Antichrist throughout our leadership. And, Robert, you mentioned it earlier that it's, it's disgusting to you. It's disgusting to you. You see it every single day and we see it. Sure. And... I, I, I all I can tell you is this is that the only way that you can actually look at that and have a good filter and have something good come out of it is that you know that we are in the last days because of all these things, these characteristics that see, that these people have. And it and the Bible says that when mankind's gonna do this, and they'll be like, Mankind, what? No, it's humankind. You're not allowed to say mankind. So we're going to have to delete the, you know, one small step for humankind. I don't know. I mean, this is re- this is this has gotten to the point where it's a little ridiculous now. Yeah, so they're perfect. tripping over themselves. But when you see all those things come to pass, you know that our redemption is drawing very near. Absolutely. There was a I, thing. There was a thing in the newspaper the other day, um, and actually, it was on it was on one of the news stations about the. Uh, people that wanted to uh, start a, a satanic day club at one of the schools. You probably heard about this. Uh, yep. th- the school didn't want it there, but they, they've, they come in with lawyers and they sued so that they can get this club in there so that they can teach kids that there's no hell. So, you know, I want to I want to have a club and I want to teach them about Jesus Christ. And I'm having trouble getting that club started. But it's OK for these people to start a club with what they're doing. And there's a case in front of the uh, Supreme Court right now about a, a coach, a high school football coach. That would uh, pray after the games with his it started off by he started doing it by himself. And a lot of the players joined him, and then they told him that he couldn't have the players join him, so he would do it by himself, and they fired him. They said that he was offending people, and he might it, it might offend somebody. 
and he was kneeling at the 50-yard line after the ball games. And, well, you know, this this is just the shape that we're in, Kevin and Bob and Joe and Greg. It's, this is just – this is the times we're in, and it's uh, – It's over. These things are waxing more and more. Uh, they're getting closer to um, the final – the final curtain call, <laughs> you know, I mean, we're. And the love of many will wax cold. That's uh, yeah, from and the, and the cross. Yeah. Is Lord, yeah. Yeah. And you know, they will hate you. And they will hate you. you. They hate exactly. Yeah. They, um, <clears throat> this week, uh, you know, we hear the stories about the craziness uh, with the people throwing people into trains, uh, the crazy, just all the crazy stuff. So I always hear these stories or I read about them. And I'm always thankful that it's nobody I know, but obviously it's terrible either way. But this week, my mother told me a story that's close to home to show you how lost people are, especially in the heavy Babylonian cities like New York and San Francisco. My mother has a childhood friend. They've been friends since they were 13 years old. They're in their late 60s, early 70s. Her girlfriend lives in San Francisco. And my mother and her other best friend have been telling her for about three years, get out of that city. Get out of the city. She complains it's too expensive, blah, blah, blah. She's got family in Vermont. Long story short, she was having coffee with a woman in her 80s, one of her friends. They're sitting at the coffee shop having coffee early in the morning. A woman walks up to my mother's friend. Punches her four times in the forehead, down to the ground, and then starts punching the 80-year-old elderly woman. Out of all the people in the cafe, these two were targeted. They don't know who the woman was. They don't know anything about it. So for people to walk up off the street and assault you and just attack you, especially as an elderly person, you could say they're mentally ill. You could say anything you want. But this person that was attacked did grow up as a believer. I'm assuming she's still a believer. So either this attack was allowed maybe because, you know, God wants her to leave. I don't know in a situation like this how this plays out. Maybe there's things she's doing in her life that we don't know about. But either way, like that's a demonic attack. I've experienced something like that when I was younger where I was just walking down the street. I was with some friends. And out of all the 10 friends that we were there, and I mind you, I've been a believer since I was very young. This demonic person chose me out of all the group of the friends to chase me three miles down the street. Now, this person was an older woman, all right? And I'm 13 years old. I can outrun her all day long. But this lady kept up with me for over three miles. It was one of the freakiest things I've experienced in my life. It was 100% demonic, the strength she had, and the reason she chose me out of all the people. Now, I never spoke to her, never said anything. She came right up to me and started attacking me for no reason. So the stuff that's going on, it is 100% demonic, and it is officially over. Between the abortions and what they're doing to little children and changing their genders physically as well, um, there, there is nothing left. That the, the only thing left is going to be the uh, tribulation saints getting 
um, handed over by their family members to be destroyed. Because from what I'm seeing, there is nothing left. The restrainer is is on is hanging on a string. Mm. And so, like, this was the first time I, my mother told me this story, and I was just blown away. And I, right away, I, I know this is supernatural. This is not – this happened to her for a reason. Yeah. Sure. You know, so <clears throat> these things are happening in small forms, large forms. Um, and for whatever reason, maybe maybe this demonic person knew she was a believer because maybe out of San Francisco in that cafe, yeah. she was one of the only believers – and this is just the war that we're in. And, a once, a once great town too. You know, I grew up in the San Francisco Bay Area. We used to go to the city all the time, and we we would go up there, and, and we didn't have any fear going up there at all when I was growing up. And this was a woman it, that did this. A woman. Yeah, that's insane. Yeah, so you know, is the lady okay? I mean, is she she's recovered? okay. She had a concussion, and the elderly lady is okay. Man, and then. Uh, you know, she's had some other surgeries and stuff, so she's a fragile woman. And yeah. I mean, let me tell you something. She's five foot nothing. So for this beast to come up to her and start attacking her and the elderly mm-hmm. lady. Mm-hmm. So there wasn't anybody in there. There was no man in that restaurant that had, so, you know, what's to get up. And let me tell you, Bob, I said I said that to my wife. I said, let me tell you something. If this happened here in Florida where I am, 10 guys would have jumped on her. I said in San Francisco, nobody did a thing. A thing. Yeah. Now, one person got up and tackled this maniac to the ground. You know, so even us growing up as kids, we were bad kids. But if you we saw something like that, you were getting taken down. Like we had oh, a yeah. level of respect for like you don't go around. You know, if we're fighting, we're we're making an appointment. This this is this is lunacy. <clears throat> so you know, you know, it's not just about this. Uh, you know, sorry to cut you off. No, no, it's no. not only just about violence, though. You know, even when Jesus said. The, because of iniquity shall abound, the love of many shall wax cold. I mean, there was someone who just put up, uh, made a comment here. I'm going to put it up here. Do you all feel disconnected? Okay, Karen, I, I think I know where you're going with that. There is a disconnect. There's a disconnect, I mean, at least from what I see, from our own family members, from those people who don't walk in the way that we walk, in terms of, you know, walking in Christ, uh, walking in the Holy Spirit. Um, you know, I'm not saying we're perfect. I'm not saying we do it all the time. We strive to do that, but at the same time, there's something different when the Holy Spirit comes inside you. There's there's definitely a disconnect. There's going to be a disconnect with even the people who you are close with. Mm. And each one of you have on this panel have exemplified that numerous times, especially with your own family members, that oh, there sure. is a disconnect. Absolutely. It's not just about violence, but there's there's this sadness. And you, 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 where you once were and you felt this connection, especially with uh, loved ones that you're always close with, even your siblings, there's going to be a disconnect. And there is. I've experienced it. I'm experiencing it now. And I think you can all agree, and most of you all on, on the chat as well, uh, that there is going to be a disconnect. And you, you just feel it. You sense it. And, you know, we're still stuck with family, right? We're, we're you know, <laughs> we'll still uh, be with uh, our family members at the dinner table on a holiday or something like that. And, and you, you just, there's certain things, certain areas in where, you know, uh, there's a disconnect and it's, it's, it's not much that we can do about it. We have to leave it in the Lord's hands. We do. We have to leave it in the Lord's hands because it's something that um, is going to be eventually it's, it's going to be based on what he has uh, you know, he has for each and every one of us. He is the judge for each and every one of us. Right. And so, right. Uh-huh. um, 
we just have to pray. We have to pray about it. We can't change these people, but what comes out of our, our mouths that will make a difference. So how we act upon those things, especially in front of family, it's, it's important. It is a, it is an important thing. So, um, sure. It's the, you know, the love of God calls, calls a man and a woman to repentance. It's a, uh, you know, the trip I uh, recently took out to see my mom and my brother, and my sister, you know, I wish I could have sat down and, and preached a, you know, sermon to them, but I tried to, by my actions, uh, show them the love of Christ. And I really, uh, you know, I saw some, just the way they acted toward me from the time that I got there to the time I left, there was a change. Now, I don't know exactly all that happened spiritually there, but I know that, um, you know, I'm, I'm just thankful I still have siblings that are alive, and especially as we're getting older. And, uh, you know, they know they know my beliefs and they I believe they respect them. They might not agree with them. But they respect me, you know, and uh, a lot of times it's, you know, like she's asking, you know, I feel disconnected with with my own sons. One of them I haven't spoken to in almost five years. Uh, I'm not exactly very happy about that, but it's like Greg saying, you know, what can we do is pray. Prayer is the is is the greatest one of the greatest things that we can do, and it's one of the simplest things that we can do, and it's one of the things that the adversary talks us out of because, you know, oh, you guys, you're, you're too busy, you're working, or you're too busy putting a, a video together, or you're too busy doing this or that. But you just take the time to pray, and you, you know, you're always going to have time. You know, if you're traveling, uh, like I travel half an hour to work in the morning, I can be praying. Half an hour back, I can be praying um, as I'm doing different things. Uh, you know, just people come to mind, pray for them. Just the Spirit of God is always at work within you to will and to do of His good pleasure. So my exhortation is let Him. And if you, you know, if, if, um, if you're sitting around one afternoon and you're thinking about people to pray for, there's five of us right here that you can pray for. Mm. That's for sure. And uh, in turn, we'll be praying for you. We don't know you all out there, but I know that knowing these guys, I know that they pray for you. And mm. and we're not just saying this to, you know, blow smoke either. Um, I've never met these guys personally, you know, we're just, we're like the Hollywood squares here, but you know, I and I, I can even say that, you know, I'm looking forward to meet, I'm looking forward to meeting all these guys, and I will meet them, either here or up yonder. <laughs> you know, you know, what a beautiful day that's going to be. Yeah, you know, we're dealing with all the crap. We're talking about all the crap here, you know, and other stuff we're dealing with. But we know that day is coming when that trumpet's going to sound, and our world is going to change forever in a moment, in the twinkling of an eye, in a moment. We're going to be caught up to meet, or we're all going to meet in the air, and our our entire future is right before us. Is and we are completely detached from everything. And you think about it this way, you know, there's a lot going on in the invisible realm that we don't know about that we're feeling right now. For example, I'm in this house, and there's a lot of electricity around. You turn off the power, and all of a sudden things just get peaceful. 
just for an example, one thing. But now imagine being removed from this world and given a new glorified body. How is that going to feel? You know, and every once in a while, I get a piece of that piece. I get a little piece of it. You know, mm. I'll just feel that peace, that that joy just for a little bit. And I, and usually it comes when I think about the reality of the rapture, when it really does happen. Because when it happens, it's going to catch you off guard. You know, I was going over some dreams and visions over here. And, um, you know, this person, she said, she, I was watching, I was watching, and then, from the moment I took, as soon as, as soon as I took my eye off it, as soon as I took my mind off it, boom, the rapture took place. You know, so there's so many people, we're all trying to watch for it. Nobody's going to sit in their backyard and just go looking up in the sky and <laughs> just do that for 24 hours a day. So you're going to fall asleep eventually. The rapture resurrection is going to be incredible. <laughs> so catch us all off guard. And I just want to mention something about someone here in the, in the comments section is mentioning about the blood moon of... Uh, May 15th, um, just went over a dream here uh, for my channel and sorting through them. This woman had a dream. She saw a huge blood moon, and there was a, basically, it was huge, it was gigantic. And then there was a huge explosion right in front of the blood moon. And then basically, Jesus shows up with a shield, okay? And then angels began swooping down. And catching everybody up. It was a rapture resurrection of day of a blood moon. Okay. And I think one of the most significant blood moons that we've ever seen is coming up this upcoming March 15th. You know, it's right after the 74th anniversary, 7411. Okay, that equals 11. It's uh it's the final blood moon before we go into the next Shemitah. Okay, the next seven year cycle. And it may not be nothing at all, but I don't know. It may be something. Who knows? Um, we know that the, we're looking for the rapture resurrection. I know a lot of us looking for it in June. But here, you know, how did, uh, on, on what feast day was Paul knocked off when Saul, who became Paul, what feast day was Saul knocked off his horse on his way to Damascus? What day was that? That wasn't a feast day. Okay. But yet God came down. Jesus came down and met him. All right. So we, I mean, it's so exciting. You know, yeah. I was going to say, Bob, do you, yeah. do you know what that day was? Because I was thinking to myself, I'm like, I don't know if it said which day it was. And I was wondering if you had the answer, but your it answer was, a feast day it wasn't because, a special you know, day. <laughs> because if it was, he would have been in Jerusalem. Yeah, exactly. He was a high priest. He, had, he, he was trained to be a high priest. So he definitely would never left Jerusalem. He's on his way to Damascus to kill some people. Yeah. So obviously it's not during any feast day at no. all. So, no. And it probably was, wasn't during the winter, though. Um, but, no. uh, you know, who knows? But that was so funny you were saying that. And I was thinking to myself, does Bob know? How does Bob know? <laughs> yeah, Bob's got this. He has this. The Lord downloads this master list of dates. Is that what he does With Barbara. Bob? <laughs> and he, he has them, but he's he's too modest to give them. He's just highly favored. <laughs> apparently. I mean, okay. Hey, I, I gotta I gotta do. mention I gotta mention something that I had a chance to uh, to see you and uh, JB. You were on. You guys were on yesterday. Mm -hmm. And uh, when you guys did that show for our thing, that was so cool. <laughs> you did that. <laughs> you know, he John likes to do that. 
John likes to do the show far and uh, it was it was it was good to see you guys on there together you know uh, we missed we missed having JB on here um, I know we can't I know we can't do it but uh, John if you're listening you probably are God bless you you know he's he's such a good brother he's a good man he's a good guy he he finds a lot of good stuff. Yeah, oh, he yeah. shared something like gold with nuggets. Me today. <clears throat> he shared something with me today. I told you guys about this earlier. Um, basically, he's just round up real quick and fast. Uh, uh, the economic plan, Trump's economic plan, uh, peace deal, you know, that they made it public in 2020, but uh, it was uh, released in June of 2019. Well, the economic plan was a 10 year plan for Israel for the East. It's a 10 year plan, started back in 2020. <laughs> And, or 2019, that's when it was confirmed, that's when it started. Well, tw- uh, 2019 plus 10 years is 2029, <laughs> and we're three years into it now. That it's only a year again, Bob. Years. <laughs> yeah. Seven more years of this economic plan. You know, Trump's not going away. No. He's coming back. Like <laughs> no, he's yeah. coming back. He's coming back in a different form. Uh, but, you know, it's not, you know, people are looking towards Trump for, make things better for you. I think he's going to make things worse for you. <laughs> don't think he's coming back with Pence, though. You said that... Uh, yeah, I don't he, think so either. Uh, no more, no more Trump back. Pence. I mean, yeah. I just... Right, no more trumpets. I, I saw the um, I saw the uh, first part of an interview that he did with Piers Morgan, and mm-hmm. um, he called uh, he called Pence weak and uh, some other pejorative adjective. <laughs> Uh, but I mean, yeah, Greg. I don't think that he's gonna if he does run again, which he said it's going to make he a just, lot of people happy. DeSantis. Uh, I don't think that he would pick Pence no. because I mean, why would you pick someone that you think is weak? Uh, I don't. Th- I, yeah, I don't see that happening. No, he'll go. He'll go with DeSantis. Probably. You think? Oh yeah. You just said you. You just had a, a. I think you just had a Freudian slip there, Bob. You said that. Trump's going to come back in another form. <laughs> yeah, he will come back in another form. I'm serious. I mean, does this mean that Trump and Musk? Get... You think so? Trump and Musk. Wow, that's a, that's quite a call right there. Well, yeah. he was born in South Africa, so I don't know if that's allowed. Yeah, no, it's not allowed. Mm-hmm. Oh, and of course, we always go well, by what's allowed. It's okay this if country, you're born right? in Kenya, though, but not in South yeah. Africa. <laughs> You know, it's funny too. They were going after Musk because they're going. He said, "Oh, he's used for white supremacy and all this stuff like right, that." Right. Yet he he was born in South Africa. He's an African American, is he not? Yeah, he's an African American. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> it's good. It's pathetic. You already see it coming, you know. And I, I think we're going to start seeing a lot of a lot. I, I think we're going to start seeing a lot of victories for the right going forward. Oh yeah. Okay, we're going. To, I think Musk was just the start of it. Okay, and I, think people, you, and I think people are going to get really excited, and I think that's all part of the deception. Saying it's like, hey, God, why don't I do all this to get people excited, and that way it will get their eyes off you. All right, Jesus, I'm going to do this. And Jesus is like, all right, go ahead and do it. <laughs> yeah, know, it just goes to show you have nothing to do about you. being African-American. It's not about that. It's not African. It has nothing to do with that. You can You can tell. By the way, by what they do, by what they say, it has everything to do with the appearance of their skin. Okay, that that's what's important to them. You see, yep. 
is appearance of the skin. It's a pigmentation of the skin, not about where you were born or about what, what, you know, what your character is today, which is actually what Martin Luther King Jr. talked about, character, not by the color of their skin, but by the character. But they don't have those same beliefs, do they? And they prove it every single day that they don't when they attack somebody and they say, well, oh, he's, uh, you know, South African American. And so there, and he's a white straight guy. So therefore he must be evil. I mean, isn't there, isn't the president of the United States a white straight guy? I mean, they fall over themselves all the time. You see, they, they have these double standards and triple standards, and then they double down on it. But Trump Musk, I mean, Joe, I don't know. I mean, that sounds, I don't, I don't think that they can get Musk. I mean, they did get, you know, Obama in there, but I don't know if Musk was going to fly. I just don't see I'm, it. Well, maybe, maybe it'll be Trump yeah. and Rogan. I'm available. What, yeah, what about- Trump. Trump Hagen is that is yeah. that uh, is that the plan? Yeah, well, I mean, I mean you're you're younger than him, and you're younger than Biden, you're younger than Sanders younger than as well. So, I mean, you're the young guy on the ticket. Hey, uh, Kevin, okay. I was yeah. gonna say, uh, John seven twenty four. Jesus says, "Do not judge according to appearance, but yeah. judge with righteous judgment." Yeah. These people are not of God no, because no. they only judge according to appearance, and that's it. <laughs> I'm going to, to appoint. That, man. I'm going to appoint a black woman, although I can't define what a woman is. But I'm going to. I'm going to appoint mm-hmm. a black woman to the Supreme Court. Is that not based on appearance? Yep, that's everything. And then the is black that woman based on her righteousness can... or character, Bob? Yeah, and then she comes in and she can't define what a woman is either. No, she that, can't. that's just the irony of the joke, man. Yeah. <laughs> I can't define what a woman is. I don't know what a woman is. I mean, come you know on, what? are we really at that point? She could have said, you know what? Uh, well, it's me for sure because Joe Biden said he was going to appoint a black woman. <laughs> so I'm one of I'm both of those things. And so define a woman? Well, you're looking at one because Joe said he was going to appoint me. I mean, she totally missed the boat. She said she she said I'm not I'm not a, I'm a judge, Jim, not a doctor. I mean, what? I mean, this is like going back to the old to the '60s, where where Robert Hagen was watching Star Trek First Run. I mean, here we go. I mean, but this, but this is what this this is the state of our union. Okay, if we actually had a real state of a union address, that's what it would have talked about. It would have talked about that we're focused on skin color. And we're focused on gender, even though we don't know what gender is anymore these days. You know, and so it's all that, just mysterious. Yeah. Everything that's going on, Kevin, is is the word. It, it, it just proves it when you go yeah. into the word and you see what's going on. Yeah. And you just read, you read through the epistles. You see, you know, uh, it, it, it just the, the shape we were without. We are without God and without hope in this world. People out there that don't have him are without hope. You know, we've been talking about that tonight. I guess we were going to do some other things initially, but this is the way the Holy Spirit decided to do this night, which is fine with me. Because there's people out there right now that are wondering 
if this is true, you know, why why are you guys spending time talking about this Jesus? You know, um, I've said so many times before, when I was studying the Eastern religions and doing all that kind of stuff for a while, I was trying to find the truth. You know, those that seek, you know, if you're hungering and thirsting after righteousness, you're going to be filled. You're going to be filled with something. Is it going to be the truth of the word of God and the resurrected Jesus Christ and the ascended Christ and the gift of the Holy Spirit? Or is it going to be some far out new age, whacked out religion? Or are you going to get you know, involved in, in, in uh, seances and different things like that? Um, and, and searching, trying to find something that makes sense out there is, is, is one of the things. And I'm so, I'm so thankful to the Lord that he saw fit to pull me out of that muck and mire, to pull me out of that confusion and believe me, I mean, if, I, if if we ever do at some point get around to doing the testimonies, I can tell you some things. Well, you've already you, started, brother. Go ahead, keep going. Uh, I don't know. How did he? How did he get? How did you get? How did he get you out of that uh, muck and mire? And and make you know, keep well, keep in mind uh, of the time. Uh, guy came up to me and said, "Do you want to know Jesus?" No, he didn't do that. <laughs> Go ahead. Um. Oh gosh, I was. And pretty much involved in Buddhism, as you know, um, at one point and when I was uh, in my early 20s. And I was working at a, uh, a photo finishing company back in those days. You had, you know, you didn't have the, the cell phones where you could take the pictures real quick. You know, you take a click a picture and send it across the world in a matter of seconds. And a lot of we would we would pick the film up every day, and my uh, my route was going down, and it wasn't through Santa Cruz down to Monterey, California. And uh, one of the girls that I worked with was a Christian. Actually, two of them were. And uh, you know, I was a long-haired hippie working there and loving my job because I'd uh, I'd go in, I'd work it from 10 o'clock and I'd be back, you know, by three thirty, four o'clock in the afternoon. And one day she asked me if I wanted to go to a Christian fellowship. And I thought, nah, not really. I'm, I knew a little bit about Jesus, but I wasn't too interested. But the one thing about it was she was cute. <laughs> and, um, yeah, so I said, why not? You know, and I went, and when I went in there, I went in there as a, uh, Somebody was going to uh, convince them that uh, Buddhism was the right way to go. So I had my, I had all my ammo ready, if you will, you know, to convince them that they should become a part of NSA, which is American Buddhism and all that. And so I went in there and the guy that was leading the fellowship, this big, this uh, big Chinese Irishman named Kai, um, just started sharing the word and he never looked down on me. He never belittled me. He never put me on the spot and made me feel like I was the outsider. But at the end of the evening, he said, you know, I got to challenge you to read the word of God and just start reading it. And he just 
go into the Gospels and start reading. It gave me a Bible, and I went home and started reading it. And then I went back the next week, and then I went back the next week after that. And then I took a class on the Bible, and I learned all about the Lord Jesus Christ. And it was because of the faithfulness of that girl, Mary Ann. Still to this day, can see her face, you know. Uh, I don't know whatever happened to her, but um, there was a lot of things that, uh, you know, happened. And, you know, it's a kind of a real quick little thing of how it happened. But it was, there were people that um, when I, when I quit the Buddhist thing, I went and gave all my stuff back and they laughed at me. And I thought, shoot, I guess (laughs) if you want to laugh at me, that's fine. But uh, and the guy actually offered to teach me the Bible, the guy that ran the Buddhist thing. And I said, not really. I don't really want to learn it from you because you don't believe it. And he said, well, I know about it. And I said, that's not the point. You don't believe it or you wouldn't you wouldn't be a Buddhist. Made sense. Right. And uh, so that's what happened. And and uh, it's been a long journey. You know, I'm I'm the old guy here. So I've been around and. Uh, haven't always, you know, I, I believe God has always been faithful to me. I can say that, you know, with, with, uh, every bit of, um, energy that I have in my soul and my heart that he's always been, he's always been faithful to me. I hope I haven't always been faithful to him, but I'm very thankful that, um, he's given me the, uh, opportunity to stand for the truth for a few years, you know, and, uh, there've been a few people that have, uh, I've shared the word with that have actually come to a knowledge of the truth. Uh, I'm not taking any credit for winning anybody to Jesus Christ because I don't think we do. Uh, I think Bob will agree with me that his, his organization, uh, I mean, you are just making it available for people. And when they come to the Lord, you're blessed and the angels of heaven party. I mean, you just, you realize that you're a part of something that's changing people's lives and taking them from death to life. You know, you're taking them from, you're really, we're really dealing with people that are, you're raising people from the dead. I I, I don't, I'm not making any kind of, um, I'm not saying that to belittle or to downgrade the resurrection of Christ, but we are we were dead in trespasses and sins and when you're dead you're dead there's no life in you and now there's life in us so if there's people out there that are in the chat room listening tonight and you're dead it's time to get alive so see that's the evangelist in me coming out a little bit Amazing. sometimes but you know and i think about my brothers here that i've never physically met and i see them on these in these little squares on when we do this thinking about how the lord has touched every one of their lives and in in getting to know them they've touched my lives too my life too you know and along with john and other people that we've had on here so and and he and just give them a chance people that's all you have to do. Say, you know, Jesus, show me. 
And these guys can agree with me. He will. You better you better buckle better your seatbelts. Kevin Amen. Kevin can tell a story. I I know we all can. I know I've talked to to Greg, and I haven't talked offline or anything with Joe much, but I know that he, just listening to how how uh, you know uh, eloquent he is when he's talking about stuff. I know that the Lord's working in his life. It's just it's it's amazing. And he does he does it differently in every one of our lives, you know. I was involved in a lot of stuff that maybe someday I'll talk about. I don't know. I'm gonna bring all that stuff up now, but there's no real reason why I should be able to even think. That's how that's how much junk that I put into my system. But somehow, and people dispute this with me. Somehow I can make sense once in a while, <laughs> you know, <clears throat> and that's what my friend James in California said. When you started making sense, I knew that this Jesus had to be real. <laughs> that's what he told me. And, and I thought to myself, well, cool. Because he said you, he said you were so confused. You, you, you wouldn't make sense at all. You'd say, You'd start talking about something and you'd switch it mid-sentence. And, but that, that was the, um, the witness that we have is Christ in us. And the, uh, he, he uses the abilities that we have to, uh, you know, each of us have, you know, I don't have the ability to do the things with the video and with the uh, the different things that, that the doc has, I just don't. And I don't, you know, I don't have the, the background of the gaming and the different things that, that Kevin does and what Joe does and, and Greg. But I believe I have a little bit to offer, you know. And and it's just, uh, it's because of God. He's the one that gets the glory, really. Amen. I know that was supposed to be short, but it kind of went a little bit. <clears throat> Well, you That's have great really, teaching abilities too there. He gave you great uh, you know, gift there in teaching and appreciate you doing that. Yeah. yeah. I gotta get yeah. back on the ball with that. I've really it's been a while since I've in his I've time, right? Anything. In his time his timing. So oh, yeah. yeah. No pressure there, Bob. No yeah. no pressure at all. <laughs> yeah. So why don't we why don't we go down um Mr. Bob Barber? You guys want to hear my backstory? <laughs> I got a yes. pretty humorous one. It's pretty funny. Um, I don't want. I won't take too long. Break it down real quick. Um, I come from a Catholic family, hardcore Catholics. My mother was the uh, president of what's called the Blue Army, which is a super merry worshiping organization. Okay. And she uh, she did her part here in the uh, United States. She was a president for uh, this organization here in the United States. Did all these all-night vigils, all stuff like that. So we were always praying. That's one good thing about it. We were praying to Our Father and Hail Mary's and all that stuff, you know, Catholic Church. I went to a Catholic school my whole life until I got to high school. But, um, yeah, so I was a Catholic for like 28 years, Knights of Columbus, did all that stuff, you know. And I just wanted to serve the Lord, you know. But right around 17 years old, I, uh, I played basketball in school, and uh, a friend of mine is much older. He's like twice my age, but he started preaching. He was the first person to come to me 
to preach something to me different than Catholicism, <laughs> you know, and he did an incredible job and he was persistent. And I remember um, coming to the faith of, of Jesus Christ and going outside of the, of the Catholic church, you know, at that point. In fact, I remember going to a few of these uh, services with his church. I think it was like a Baptist church and tell my mom about it where I was like all proud. Hey, I went to this church here. Oh, she got on the phone, cursed him out, you know? So anyhow, I was like, what's wrong with that mom? I know church is church, right? You know, but she, you know, strong and strong nose Catholic. And so anyhow, I believe, I, I believe I was saved around 17 years old. Um, now that I think about it, I probably became much more mature in the Lord later on. Because, you know, I stayed in the Catholic Church until I was 28 years old. And I I was kind of torn because I started tying into this non-denominational church. And before all that happened, I was asking the Lord, please, I want to work for you. I want to work so hard for you that I've just run out of energy. I am tired. I am worn out. Please, I want to work for you. You know, and doing stuff in the Knights of Columbus, all we did was like sell Tootsie Rolls on a, outside of a store or sell Reese at Christmas time. It was just lame, all right? So I wanted to do some work, and he ended up introducing me to this non-denominational church, uh, Family Christian Center in Munster, Indiana, near my home, um, as, take, as a ran by Pastor Steve Muncie. And so I started tying into that church, and at that time, I was living, like, you know, in this town, like 45 minutes away because <laughs> I moved out of the area. So I was torn in between those two churches. The Catholic church is five minutes from my home, Nativity Catholic Church, and then this non-denominational church was teaching the truth, was way over here, 45 minutes away. So I started jumping back and forth in these two churches, and I asked the Lord, Lord, where do you want me to go? Where do you want me to go? And I pretty much knew the answer, okay? But I prayed that prayer when I was at a service, at the Catholic service. So the Lord said, I'm going to show you. So while the, the priest was talking, giving a sermon, he started slurring his speech and he started slowing down and he started like leaning forward towards a microphone. And then he got to the microphone and then he fell asleep and started <laughs> snoring into the microphone. That happened right after I prayed that prayer. And I was like, wow, <laughs> I, I got my wife and my kids like, we're out of here, gone, you know. So we got out of there, and I love telling that story. And I started tying into that church, and of course, I do a lot of uh, theatrical stuff there. So I did a lot of acting there. I built stage equipment. I'm really good woodworker, steel worker, metallurgy. I do all that type of stuff. So I built a lot of great stuff for them. Uh, stage equipment did all that stuff, and along the acting, had a lot of fun doing the Jesus Nazareth plays there. I love doing that stuff. Did all that stuff for a while, and then eventually. I was uh, introduced to, you guys remember Larry Shelby, right? Sure. He was on the show a few weeks ago. Yep. Okay. Well, I got a new job. I started working with him. And I think that's like my next rung <laughs> of ministry at that point. And iron sharp, sharpens iron. Okay. And I think at that point, I really started moving up to that next level of my walk with the Lord. And at that point, uh, I started listening to uh, whatever YouTube channels that were available back in 2012, you know, like Paul Bagley. And I started listening to all these channels, 
that were available. And I started taking information in. And then the Lord was like, um, started giving me dreams and stuff like that. And I was like, this is great. I, and, and at that point, too, I also want to start doing my own YouTube channels because, you know, doing the stuff that everything that was going on with that church over there, it started dying out. It started I started losing my drive for it and everything started like not working out there anymore. This is when this is a lesson for everybody. When the Lord is done with you, when the Lord is done with you in a certain location, whatever work you're doing and you think, oh, I need to continue doing this work. If it starts to become difficult and it's no longer fruitful and you begin to dislike it and it's just not working out no more, the Lord's trying to tell you, hey, it's time to move on. Okay. And that's when he he had me move on to this ministry I have today, Dreams and Visions. And I started sharing my dreams and visions and stuff like that. But the Lord gave me the idea. I remember I was sitting at work and he said, I was sitting in the break room eating lunch. And it's just a, a still soft voice came to me say, I want you to start reading the dreams of your subscribers. I was like, that's a really good idea because I only have like one dream a month <laughs> or maybe one dream a few months. I don't have enough content. That's a great idea, Lord. As of course, it is. he's like, of course it is, you know. So I started doing that. And I tell you what, it just started moving. Boom, boom, boom. It just took off. So obviously that's what that's where the Lord wanted me to go. And then after that, he uh, he told me that I'll never catch up on his dreams and visions, which I never did. And then one day I had this uh, guy named Raj Karada from India asking me if uh, we were able to send him Bibles. <laughs> I don't know why he asked me for, but I was like, sure, I think I could send you some Bibles. So I started sending this guy Bibles overseas. And then it moved on to other people, other missionaries. And I was paying for this with my own money. I was working overtime trying to feed this thing and keep it going, you know. And then one person sent me an email saying, hey, can I send you a little bit of money to help you out with that? <laughs> you know, and her name was Debbie Hortzman. I don't know if she's listening right now, but I remember her name. And she, uh, I said, you know, that's a, she said, you should probably ask people if they want to help out. I think you'll probably get more accomplished that way. And of course, that's where Feed My Sheep Today was born, you know. And of course, it's, uh, you know, Kevin could testify that this thing has really grown into quite an operation now. And um, and since then, um, that's pretty much my walk with the Lord. Uh, my salvation, uh, like I said, I believe I came, I believe I was saved around 17 years old, but I really did not really fully understand my salvation probably until like last, uh, I think 2017, when I watched the Robert Breaker video about, you know, your true salvation. I watched that video. I Robert Breaker's great. Yeah. Yeah. And I really began to believe that, no, it's just faith alone. I used to believe it was works plus faith. And you had to do these works. And I used to be, I used to fight for that. You know, it couldn't just be faith alone. And I'd done that on my channel here, but then I, God moved me up to the next rung, <laughs> you know, and ever since, uh, ever since I watched that video, Robert Breaker, I started learning about that and studying the word and getting all the verses that back all that stuff up. And it just blew everything wide open for me at that point. So that's pretty much my story. <laughs> awesome. God is good. 
And Kevin, I know you had shared once before. So, I mean, if you want to make a brief, you can. Um, but yeah, super brief, super brief. So, um, I grew up in uh, uh, Catholic Church Light, also known as the Lutheran Church. <laughs> it's uh, <laughs> it's it's got all the uh, it's got all the trappings and all the, the you know the, the pomp and circumstance for the most part, but. Um, but it's but they they don't they don't really talk about Mary much, so you don't get get that in the Lutheran Church. Um, but you know what you do get, and I mentioned this before, that you get a lot of the um, the the core teachings of the Bible in the church. As uh, especially as a child, you learn all the stories of it, right? And you and you wonder whether or not these things were true or not, and you you know you you. But then you um, as you grow up, you start seeing that kind of like what we talked about for the first hour is that things that happen in the world, you, you can point to a verse and go, ah, it's talking about that there. And I mean, for something like that to be so specific on so many different things, it becomes pretty obvious that, um, that it's inspired. Right. And so you have a choice to make uh, at a certain point when you can, you know, start reasoning things out. And you can start saying, well, there's so many other paths, so many different things you can do. You can go the way of the world um, or you can believe. And and it really is a binary at that point. It's like you're either going to be in the world uh, or you're going to believe. And then if you believe, then you got to contend with yourself living in the world. <laughs> and so... I think maybe some people just don't want to do that. And maybe that's why they choose not to. And so they're just like, I don't want to be a Bible thumper. I don't want to have to have all that guilt and blah, blah, blah. And it's like, you know, um, if you don't have those things that are pricking at you, then you, you, your soul is getting satisfied here on earth. And that is not what you want. And that's, that, that's the opposite of what we're supposed to be doing. So, you know, you go down that path and kind of like Bob, it's like these different rungs, right? It's like you you you, you say, okay, I'm kind of on that first rung. I do I I believe that this is true. And then you're kind of like, God, um, you know, I'm gonna leave it to you to prove it to me over time and and so that I get more knowledge and more um you know confident in this, so that I can go out and talk about why I'm so confident about this. Right. And so it kind of feeds upon itself. And then there's, there's, there's moments in time uh, throughout my life where God manifested himself to me and basically said, look, I'm God. And, you know, if, 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 if I was not putting my hand on this, this would not happen kind of thing. You know, I mentioned before uh, regarding the left behind uh, book series um, you know, there was a movie that was out. I, I never saw the movie. My sister saw the movie, um, but I never saw the movie and I never read the books. And then God just told me one day, you got to read all the books. And I'm like, you know, I'm not really a book reader. I'm not a, 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 you know, a fiction or a nonfiction book reader. I'll read the news. I'll read that kind of stuff. I'll keep up on the, the, the events of today. But I mean, to go in and read novels, you know, just one after another after another is just not anything I've ever done in my entire life. And yet I had to read all the books. I just felt compelled by God to do so. I went out and I read all of them. Um, 
it just happened to be shopping and it was just like, oh, there they are for five bucks a pop. And I'm just like, all right, well, here's 12 of them. You know, I'm going to read them all. And so I did. And then a few months later, I'm looking, you know, I'm working in the gaming industry, you know, video game industry. And I'm looking at a magazine and it's like, oh, Left Behind Eternal Forces Preview. And I'm like, oh, what kind of game is it? Oh, it's a real-time strategy game. That's like my my forte, you know. And I'm like, ah, oh, I wonder what they're going to do with this. So a few months later, they call me up and say, we have to have you here. <laughs> I'm just like, all right. So, you know, uh, I, I I think to myself, God, you're 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 amazing. I mean, I mean, just all the things just line up. It's just like one after another. And it's like, oh, and are you going to say no to this? I mean, because they're they're like saying, look, we have to have you here. If we don't have you here, I don't know what's going to happen to this thing. And I'm like, all right, well, it can't be that bad. Well, it was worse than I even thought. Um, when I got there, the game had the first objective, kill these two guys on the map. And if you, and the secondary objective was, well, if you like to kill, kill everybody on the map. And I'm just like, oh my gosh, what have I gotten myself into? (laughs) And I'm thinking to myself, man, if this goes out, this is going to set Christianity back 2000 years. (laughs) I mean, it's not going to be good. It's not going to be a good look. Um, So, uh, so I got in there and, um, you know, I'd made a, I'd produced a bunch of uh, strategy games before, but of course it was all about pretty much the same kind of thing about, you know, one side and another side, and then you annihilate each other. And the one who, who left standing wins, that's pretty much it it, it, for every real time strategy game out there uh, in the history of mankind. Well, I was commissioned to build a, a, a real time strategy game where they didn't have one objective to kill. So, and I kind of put that on myself, um, but God put it on my, on my heart to do that. And so I created 40 missions to begin with, and it ultimately became 48, I think, but um, throughout the sequels, but created a 40 mission game that didn't have any objective to kill. And I mean, the Lord really worked miracles that, that through that game, Um, over a hundred thousand people either came to Christ or rededicated themselves who actually said that they did. So who knows what the actual number is, but we had a hundred thousand responses from people uh, with emails and everything saying, I've either given my life to Christ because of this or because of, um, uh, or, or I rededicated myself. So I think, you know, what, what it does though, and what those books do and what the game game does and what those movies do is make people think (laughs) it makes people consider What's going to happen if that actually happened where people disappeared and you were left behind? What would you do? And, um, you know, my hope is that no one ever has to go through that uh, because that's um, that's not what we're what we're here to do. We're we're here to to spread the gospel. Uh, We're here to to continue to uh, grow every day in our faith in our walk. And then we are going to, and, and we are either dead in Christ or alive who remain, who get caught up in the air and, and being left behind is just, uh, I mean, you're talking about being here during the worst time on earth and in, in the history. And so I think that's, you know, really what it did. God definitely used me um, in order to, uh, to, to create something pretty amazing. 
I always thought my testimony was kind of boring and bland and stuff like that. But but there are these moments in my life where where God just just like, here's an opportunity. You need to do this. Um, go do it. And I mean, I was up in San Francisco in the in 2012, 2013 time frame. And God's like, you need to leave, you need to go back to Los Angeles. And I'm like, okay. So what do I got? You need to sell that house. Okay. So I go, I want to sell the house. And the lady says, okay, I found a buyer. They want to pay more than what you're offering. And they're going to do it with cash. And they're going to settle it within 14 days. <laughs> and I'm just like, how does that happen? You know, she goes, I don't know. Never, never, never happened to me before. So I get back down and like the next day I go in for an interview for a job. And, I, and then the guy calls me up and says, you know, when do you want to start? And I said, tomorrow. And this was on Easter Sunday night. He calls me at eight o'clock at night. And he says, when do you want to start? I said, tomorrow. And he goes, okay, I'll see you at nine. Like, that was like literally 10 days after I moved back to LA. And so God does these things in my life that just continue to prove that he is God. Uh, yeah. and, I, and I love it. And I thank him for that. And those are just two instances. But uh, I mean, I, I you know, I, I always thought that I was kind of, it was kind of a boring testimony, but it kind of like Bob throughout the years, I just continued to grow in my faith and understanding. And, uh, and like you said earlier, Robert, I thank God that he chose me yeah. to be, uh, you know, his son as well. Uh, because I'm telling you, uh, the alternative, uh, you just, re- I mean, I guess you really don't know what you're missing if you're not a believer, because uh, there's a lot of people out there just, it's foolishness to them what we have. They, they think it's fairy tales. Oh, yeah. They think we believe in a magic man. Uh, it, but, uh, magic I mean, man. But yeah, magic, it's all magic. And, and you know, yeah. but between the five of us, we have a connection in the body of Christ. Uh, that's so strong with all the other believers that are on online here and throughout the world that, um, you know, even the gates of hell are, are not going to be able to stand up against it. So okay. praise God for, for, for his son. Amen. And um, that's, yeah. that's about all I got to share, Greg. That's all you have. Amen. You, you thought that was, bo- you thought you had a boring testimony. Come on. Yeah. Brother. Mm-hmm. That's nothing. There wasn't anything boring about that. Well, <laughs> yeah. When you when you think about it a little more, like I just kind of did here, it, it yeah, it's a little less boring, I guess, than what I thought. But it's not <laughs> like I was like you know, kind of like what you were, which is like I was a Buddhist and I was going to go in there and I was going to teach Buddhism, and then I was like, yeah. boom, a lightning bolt came down and said, no, you don't, <laughs> <laughs> you know. Or you got a moving statue in your uh, in your living room, and you're like, I don't know about that, you know. So it's not. I don't think it's as as, uh, as cool as those things, but it's 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 still pretty awesome. And he and he and he works in your life too. You know, he he worked with you know you had that ability to start with, and he was he was directing you into these other things. Mm-hmm. You hadn't really thought about it, but then all of a sudden you. 
you start to walk and you start to move and things open up. So Yeah. I mean, he says, go down to LA and I'm like, all right. And he's like, uh, go, you know, go interview at this company for augmented reality. I don't know what, I mean, I don't know anything about augmented reality. And it's like, Hey, you're the best producer that we've talked to about augmented reality. I go, I've never done an experience. He goes, but you can, can't you? And I said, well, of course I can. And you know, he's like, well, cause I mean, they were like, Hey, what do you think about the agile method? And I'm like, I love the agile method. And he's like, why don't you draw it for me? And I'm like, all right, I drew it. And he's like, Hey, you drew circles. And I go, yeah, well, of course it's a re you know, reoccurring types uh, thing that keeps on going. And it's a pattern that you'd go around. He goes, Oh, well, seven of the nine people that we've uh, interviewed so far drew boxes and this and that. And I go, <laughs> well, I go, you know what? It's amazing that God told me to go study up on agile about two weeks ago. <laughs> In addition to that, the CEO, okay, listen, this is crazy, though, because the CEO goes, hey, how many, uh, how many polygons uh, do you think we can build, we can have on the screen at one time for one of our experiences? And I'm like, I'm thinking to myself, real quick, I'm thinking like, oh, God, help me, I need a number. And I'm like, so I do a quick math calculation based on the PlayStation 2 that I remember, like, 15 years before when I was working on a game and I'm like 235,000 and he's like, Oh, he goes, um, Oh, are those polys or tries? And I'm like, they're tries. He goes, yeah, that's right. <laughs> I'm like, man, great answer. <laughs> so, I mean, you know, just, I didn't know what the answer was. I, I thought tries was probably better than polys, but, uh, you know, I mean, it was just like, it was just God just has his hand. When he, you, you know when God has his hand on you, right? I mean, you can't make a, a, the wrong move. He, he just, he, he's there just steering you down this path that, so that, that he's got right in front of you. Isn't it, Greg? I mean, it's, so it's true. an amazing feeling when you're in it. It's and sometimes like, you just have to look back and you say, wow, yeah, he had his hand in this the whole time. Yeah. Yeah. It's like you're in a, you're in got in the God zone, right? <laughs> I like that. Yeah, I like that. Let's let's put that as a Kevin quote. All right. You know? yeah. yeah, that was that yeah. was uh, that awesome. was real. Hey, that was boring, Kevin. Thank you. <laughs> Thank you. No, no, that was just yeah. that, that was, just was, that just proves to me what a uh, awesome guy you are. I mean, and then you're what you're an awesome. You're God you're, you have, you're, you're humble. Yeah, mm -hmm. but you're humble and you're you're. Uh, you're coachable and you have to, and, <laughs> I'm coachable. That's and you sure. have to, and in order to walk with the Lord, you have to really, you have to be meek yeah. and meek and meekness isn't weakness. It's strength. Oh yeah. yeah. Because when he's, he's, when he's, when he's impressing upon you to do something, if you're, if your ego or if you're, if you're, Oh, you know, I, like I'm doing it my way. It's not going to work. But if you, yeah, no, he's brought me down. He's brought me down to my knees um, a couple of times. I mean, one, like literally on my belly in a garage in San Francisco area, just like, oh, I mean, it, that, that was like brought, brought me down to, to my knees. But you know what? He's got to break. He's kind of got to break you. Right. I mean, like you, you build yourself up and then uh, he kind of breaks you. And but. That was um, about 10, almost 10 years ago now. Um, and so it's, he does work in that way where he's 
he doesn't want you to be full of yourself, to be full of pride, to to think that you you've got it all figured out, that you yeah. um, you know. Sure, figuring out salvation is one thing, but I mean, saying I got it all figured out about what the, how the world works and this and that, I mean, you're going to get brought down to your knees quickly. Um, so you're right about that. And I think that what he's done is he's he, he broke me so that I could, um, I could truly give my life to him instead of saying, you're going to go along for the ride, Lord. Um, it's all, this is kind of like the opposite, which is I'm, I'm, I'm going to go along for the ride. You, you direct my path. I'm going to ask you about things like the pandemic when I, you know, when I was on this channel back in 2020, it was in Columbia. I was like, man, this is, I, I'm, I'm very bored here. Uh, Lord, you know, the, thanks for bringing me here. I do. I mean, that was pretty amazing in itself. It's just like one day he's like, Hey, you need to go to Columbia. And I'm like, really? He's like, yeah, you need to get out of here. And I'm like, all right, so I'll go. And it just happens to be the exact same day that I land is the exact same day our company goes remote. I mean, how when when things happen to the exact day, that's that's a God thing. And then, of course, on the way back, uh, he's like, okay, you know, flights canceled, 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 canceled. And I'm like, at a certain point, I'm like, I'm not going to go back. To the East Coast. I'm not going to go back there and work and, and, and work in the office. I'm I'm gonna I'm gonna move. He's like I go. God, where should I move? He goes. I'm not going to tell you where to move, but I will tell you this: walk in righteousness. That's all you need to do. Walk in righteousness. You can live anywhere you want, but just walk in righteousness. And I'm like, all right. Well, I'll pick the place where I can get into trouble the least. <laughs> nice. And so I yeah. felt like that was safe. And then of course God opens it up the the flight so that the next so that I can't get a flight direct, but I can get a flight that I should stay overnight so that I get a flight the next day to the place where I'm going to live in the and the fact that the apartment is going to be available on that very day. Amazing. I mean that's that's the type that's of thing that he he does with me, Robert. That's God. Perfect. Yeah. Awesome. Wow. Joe. Thank you. So, Kevin. Yeah. Thanks, Kevin. So, um, <clears throat> you know, hearing everybody's stories, it clicks with me about the different stages we all go through. And it made me think about, um, like, I know exactly when, where I was saved, the, the situation I was in. But um, what it really all began for me was um, my parents separated in uh, Europe. My mother's American. My father's uh, Spanish. And my mother and I and my brother, we came back to the States and um, I was about six years old. So I remember when I came to the States, I was living in uh, Suffolk County, Long Island. And um, I remember having a convers- some one of the first conversations I can remember about six, about seven years old. I was in the back of the car. My, my mother was driving and uh, I think my grandmother was in the car with her. And I remember saying these words. I could hear my voice in my mind, like when you're thinking. And it didn't take long. Once I was cognitive, like at a certain age, I, I said to myself, I, I almost laughed. I said, if I can hear myself, then I know God can hear me. I'm not the only person that can hear myself think in the back of this seat. I think about whether it be the people in the front seat, the things I'm seeing. And something started telling me, start watching people, pay attention. Now, I know that's normal growing up. You absorb things. Um 
But that was the first time I started having faith, not being saved, having faith that somebody's listening to me. Now, this is before I was brought to the Catholic Church by my grandmother, who's an Italian Catholic, you know, came out of us, came out of Brooklyn with my grandfather. They were all Catholics. <clears throat> I, um, I just started believing that God could hear me, not knowing about Christ, not knowing what he did and what's to come. So I think at that young age, having that faith is what um, really started getting me a connection with the spiritual world. So proceed to about eight or nine years old. We're settled in the States. I'm getting Americanized. I'm watching TV. I'm watching the Friday night shows the kids watch. And I convinced my mother um, to uh, pick up the Ninja Turtles movie. We had gone and seen it. She got me the VHS. And then I would say only a couple weeks later, I convinced her to get me something else. I convinced her to get me a Ouija board. And um, so she got me the Ouija board, not knowing what she was doing. So we played the Ouija board. And uh, that was at about nine years old. Within a week to two weeks, I was uh, doing drugs. Um, and I started losing myself. Uh, I started following the path of my older brother, who's five years older than me and was in a, a real bad spot at that time. Um, but it was instant. So instantly we played the game. I opened the door. The curses came onto me and my mother, or I should say the judgments or curses. Um, and things really went bad. By uh, 12 years old, I had stopped going to school, staying home, refusing to get up. Um, she had met my stepfather. He owned a business. I would go to work for him at about 13, 14, but I wouldn't go to school. I stopped going to school. I was doing drugs. I was hanging out with the wrong crowd, doing really bad things. And, um, I got myself in trouble. I got put on probation. Didn't care. I just continued to do what I wanted. The judge told me, he said, listen, if I ever see you in my courtroom again, I'm going to send you away. Growing up in Suffolk County, good family, good neighborhood, never going to happen to me. So uh, sure enough, I violated probation and the judge was a man of his word. So I got violated and um, he said, I told you if I see you here again, I'm going to send you away. So he sent me away for a year. So I get sent in right away, taken from my mother. My mother's terribly upset. Um, I'm upset. I'm junked up. Uh, my veins are full of drugs, every drug. And um, they're bouncing me around. Before they send you upstate, you got to go through the pyramid in the Bronx. And they train you how to be a prisoner so you have understanding of what to expect. So three weeks in, I'm still on Long Island. And um, I just... I, I finally, like, I was in the cell by myself, and I'll never forget the, the, the correction officer forgot to shut the light off in my room. And uh, I was not sleeping that night. I was not sleeping that night. And uh, I just finally, I, I don't know what happened. I guess just the drugs and everything had that, which is so blinding, and all the bad things I had done that I finally hit my knees leading to my stomach 
which has happened a few times in my life. And um, I just, I gave up. I said, I really need you like now, like, like I know you've been with me since I was a kid and I know you're real and I didn't give a, you know what, but like, I'm done. I was like, I, I can't do this. I was like, I need help. So in exhaustion, I fell into a sleep, a deep sleep, and I had my very first vision. In the cell that night, I had a vision. I saw Jesus surrounded in the Shekinah, which is the glory of God. And it only lasted about 30 seconds. And in that 30 seconds, the Holy Spirit uh, entered me and told me everything that I had just seen. And I was transformed instantly. Um, I knew exactly. It was like a sh I shed a guy off my skin. I knew exactly uh, why I was there. I knew exactly how I got here and what was going on, what was happening to me, my family, my bloodline for years. Um, and that was wonderful. It was really amazing. And um, the only problem was I had another uh, 11 months to go. So I had to learn patience, living with young men from all over the boroughs who you know, come from the worst of the worst. I had to learn to keep my mouth shut. Uh, I had made a commitment that I was going to get out of here. And um, I told my mother what happened. And I never stopped telling her about my experiences from God from that point on. So I had to learn how to deal with this situation. And throughout the 12 months, um, I built good relationships with people in this uh, facility. Um, I was even able to, you know, learn more about God and even help some other people. And uh, I got out. So I got out. My act was straight. I graduated high school uh, in one year. Um, I had a lot of support from teachers. I got my act together. Uh, the first day I got back to high school, all the old friends came up to me and I just kept walking. You know, I, I, li I literally just kept walking, not like a, hey, how you doing? I mean, I was I was cold about it. I was a little, a little angry, but I just knew I was I had to. My foundation was so thick around my legs that God, that he just I just kept walking. So everybody knew not to bother with me. Um, and while I was locked up, I did meet a pastor, uh, a Franciscan, Brother Tim Jones. And uh, so he had helped me out. So anyway, when I got home, no more drugs, working out, working in my father's deli. And, uh, you know, so the transition from having faith to being saved comes the next part, which is uh, temptation in the world. So I'm in my mid-20s now. I'm starting to make mistakes. I'm going out, going clubbing. And um, I see myself starting to drift. But... Um, the enemy's lining things up for me. So I would say by my mid-20s, I got involved in uh, the real estate business and made a lot of money and I got lost all over again. And once again, I'm on my knees and I'm asking for help. And he got me through it. And he blessed me and, um, you know, into my mid-30s again, made some mistakes Again, this time was real bad. Uh, I didn't know how I was going to get out of this one. And I hit that ground again, full body in my kitchen, in my house. And I didn't, 
this this particular one i said i need like i need you to figure out tell me how to how to fix this thing and it didn't happen it wasn't like when i was locked up and he came this was like the um situations in the bible where men sometimes and women have to wait so this particular instance he told me how to wait and it was all about timing like kevin's story and he got my feet solid again and then uh covid hit we'll talk about that in a second so the things going on you know once you're saved is the world the attacks and then once i got saved and you know when i was younger i started to do the math i started to think about all the unseen things that were happening my whole life that i was being protected by angels and by jesus from a young age the devil tried to kill me and my brother and my family multiple times through fires accidents so once you're saved you become a target of the enemy but you're shielded by Christ and the blood of the lamb so i started to understand these things so when covid hit like i my you know my antennas my the holy spirit was on fire i started getting dreams i got my first rapture dream before i even looked up rapture dreams on youtube i said i need to know what this is and i wasn't deep in the word as much as i should have been then but from that point on i did and i started to study the revelations and uh all these things happening. So then the Holy Spirit started telling me to do things. I started putting signs out on Long Island telling people to repent. The rapture is at hand. I put them up and down the LIE. I started making my videos and then I'd have guys attacking me. I'd have guys on the island taking my sign, signs down, putting the Satan mark, hanging them back up exactly where I put them upside down. So then like the spiritual warfare was off the charts, the dreams off the charts, dozens of dreams. And, um, you know, then I really started to realize where, where we're at here. And, you know, I, I marvel at it. You know, I marvel at it. It's like, how lucky are we to be in this very time? There's people that have been waiting a long time. And, um, so, you know, being saved, being a Christian, being a believer, Paul went through temptation. All these guys are human. You know, you have to constantly keep the faith. You have to go to him with the problems. You have to ask for help. And the prayers aren't going to be answered all the time, instantly. So, you know, this whole being saved thing, it's it's going to be the same in heaven. We're going to continue to learn with him for eternity. And... Um, my salvation and the things that I've seen and shared with family members, I know it's a seed planted and I know the frustration of them not being able to see the things that we see. Um, luckily, um, the time, one of the times I got myself in trouble, it led me to meeting my wife. So God, as usual, took a bad situation and turned it into a blessing because I was humble about it. And I always admitted my mistakes and I always took blame. I'm not one to blame anybody. <clears throat> There's people in the world that are blame, make excuses. I, I really wish I could be like that because I wouldn't have to deal with all the guilt and the condemnation and the pain of going through the fire. That's not who I am. <clears throat> and um, that's part of the reason I think that um, he's blessed me with uh, you guys and other people and the things that I've seen, <clears throat> not because of anything, because of one thing. And the one thing God loves above anything else is faith. And that's all it is. And, and and that's the only reason I've been lucky is because as a little kid, <clears throat> without him ever showing himself to me, I would just say, hey, listen, I know you can hear me. You know, if I can hear me, you can hear me. 
Somebody else can hear me. And then I would think about the unseen things that go on um, all the times, the car accidents. I've been in total car accidents where should have been chopped in half, never happened, you know, miracles. Um, one or two, one or two times in my life, I've called on animals in the name of Christ and they've come. I don't do that. I don't attempt to do it, but out of faith, a few times I've done it, not, not out loud, but I wanted my family to see some of the things I've seen, some certain animals. And I've asked God, Hey, can you bring them? And sure enough, I'd see things. So, you know, it's not something to play with, but <clears throat> this is him showing himself to me in ways because I'll vouch for him. I'll vouch for him in a, in a circle of gangs. Like, I don't care. That's one thing. I I sin like everybody else. I repent, but I will never be ashamed of the gospel ever. And um, he likes that. And I, and I think about that with David, like that faith, like, you know, he was a teenager. I don't think I would have had what he had at his age. I think I've been pretty close and, uh, you know, I won't hesitate. You know, there's things that, that, that give me, uh, vertigo and some things I'm uncomfortable with, but the, the, the preaching, nah, that he's been too good to me to ever, to ever deny, to deny him. It would never happen. So that's my story. And as a continued story, um, you know, he, uh, he refines us like the, all of us here. You know, and um, it's a shame that other people we know won't experience it because, man, I know some people that would be great men and women of God that would tear the carpet out. And uh, it's just like, sure. it's just, it, it, that's one thing that annoys me. I know people that would be, man, massive for God. And uh, it's just a waste of talent. But you, but you, one of the things you hit on, Joe, was that you, you're you're one you you admit it when you're wrong you know when it's the last thing a man or a woman wants to admit is that they are wrong is that they need help and and that's the that's one of the biggest things the adversary uses is that you know to keep to keep people from getting saved keeps them in condemnation and the word says in Romans 8, 1, there is therefore now no condemnation of them that are in Christ Jesus. Amen. So, you know, and that's, and that word condemnation is self-judgment. I mean, we've all been through the self-judgment stuff. Believe me, I still go through it a lot of times. But there's no, you know, he's not going to condemn us. I mean, it, it, why should we condemn ourselves? I mean, we've, we've all been through stuff. We've all make mistakes and we are going to continue to make mistakes and we have to realize that it's a walk you know and uh his burden his yoke is easy and his burden is light amen well uh come back next week uh for two hours of greg uh, Greg's testimony. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> we, we, we're right. going to dedicate the entire broadcast yeah. to Greg's we'll, testimony. <laughs> we'll, we'll see if there's time, Lord willing, for that. Uh, but I'm glad that all of you sure, got the chance to share. I really do appreciate that, and I'm sure the audience um, does as well. That was really uh, quite powerful, moving testimonies, everyone. Really, really powerful stuff. And it just goes to show that our God is a real a living God. He's, uh, he's not dead. He is alive. And uh, he's living in each and every one of us. And 
you know, and he's living in each and every one of you out there too. And, and you're just, your, your chats, um, you know, your communication, your, uh, participating in this is just also further evidence of that. And we really appreciate that. And you joining, um, we're not here for us. We're here for the Lord and, uh, we're here for you too. We want to build up the body of Christ. We want to edify, um, and encourage, uh, we we want to we want to pray for you as well, and we we do um, we do that here on Uptime, and um, this really is such a, a wonderful opportunity, a ministry that the Lord has brought me into, just real brief, and uh, you know, there's so much that uh, He has done in my own life that I can say that you can really, I can really put a finger on that and say there's that that's all God, that is all His work in my life. And so I know we're running out of time and uh, maybe next week, Lord willing, I'll get a chance to share. Uh, next week, believe it or not, we'll mark the second anniversary, the two year, two years exactly to the date that we started uptime. Whoa, really? Um, so May 3rd. Uh, yeah, we're going to see if we can get somebody else on here. We'll have a, uh, maybe we can get um, one guest. We'll see if it works out. But um, either way, uh, this was amazing. Thank you, brothers, for sharing. Um, I know sometimes it, it, it sometimes feels like there's competition or, you know, someone's testimony is not as exciting as another's. And you know what? That's not what it's about. Well, it's you about see what give we, God glory. Yeah. So what we could do now is we could have a poll and see who <laughs> we could we could each take a number and see who's was the most exciting. Who's the biggest two, monster? He was the biggest monster. <clears throat> anyway, two years uh, ago, two uh, years ago today. Uh, I I contracted COVID nineteen, yeah. yeah. and uh, wow. and it was uh, and it was three days later where I started having the symptoms of it, and it was two weeks later when I did, uh, or two or three weeks later is when I did my first broadcast with you guys on Uptime. Yeah. I remember <laughs> that. Yeah, I remember that. Praise yeah. God. But anyway, I, on a serious note, I just uh, I know we all feel this way. I want to thank Greg for for making this available. I, I usually send him a text after after each time I'm on here and thank him for letting me come on here. And he always says it's a blessing to have you. So thank you, brother. I appreciate it. Man. And I stayed for the whole time, which is amazing. Yeah. That is amazing. Especially on a work day. <laughs> yeah, exactly. And, so, and Greg, I second that. People don't really realize how much work goes in this and also like what you do during the broadcast. I did it um, when I just for Steve and I on uh, Iron Sharpens Iron Live. And I'm telling you, even with two people, it was a lot to manage. So, Greg, uh, you do an amazing job. And, and thank you for, uh, you know, for hosting this every week. Amazing. Of course, I give God all the glory. And uh, again, I, I really thank you guys for sharing. And uh, this, this is, was an amazing uptime. Uh, listen, it's always great to share always great to share. It is very important to do that. I really believe that. So thank you for taking the time and agreeing to do this too. So, all right. Our pleasure. All right. And uh, Lord willing, we'll see you next week.